How we working? Hey, Redemption Church. Pastor Vince here. When, welcome to Thursday's Vinny G Live. I am Vince Garvey, hence the Vinny. I'm Anthony G, hence the G. And that's why you get Vinny G Live. Um, we talked to you guys on Tuesday about this kind of new format that we were going to be doing with y'all. We're on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're just going to have an opportunity to be with you guys, uh, kind of streaming and uh, trying to be really intentional with trying to get content out to you that we think is important for us to know during this crazy corona season. So um, Tuesdays are going to have uh, kind of a greater emphasis on, you know, what are, um, what are updates happening at the church, what are things we think you guys need to know, along with some fun segments to just have fun with each other and, and encourage us kind of in this crazy season that is, that is life right now. But Thursdays, we said, we're going to be a little bit different, um, and then we're going to be kind of a focus on what we call theology and culture Thursdays, where we'll take something happening in our world, society and culture, and say, you know, what is, what is the Bible, what is the gospel, what do they have to say about, about those kind of things? So um, we loved last, on Tuesday, which was one of the best parts of this whole thing, was, was having the interaction with so many of you that were commenting and speaking, and so we just love that aspect and kind of a season where we have to be a part that we can join in together. And, and so if you get, uh, if you feel like it, comment, ask questions as we go, we might be able to address some throughout the time together. So um, today will be a little bit longer than Tuesday. We're gonna delve into, like I said, different issues. And so today's emphasis um, for Theology and Culture Thursdays is gonna be on the idea of deconstruction. Uh, some of you are gonna know what that is. Many of you probably do not. And so uh, our plan today is to introduce the idea to you. Um, and then talk about why we think it's happening uh, in and amongst the church and within our culture today, and then what is the way forward, if you will, for the church and for us trying to be faithful Christians. So uh, let me give you the, start off with just the, um, the textbook definition for deconstruction, and we'll start there and then work our way through. So um, deconstruction is a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language with emphasis on the internal workings of language and the conceptual systems that are, that are part of it, right? The relational quality of meaning and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. So really like what you believe, why you believe it, why you say the things you say, do the things you do, to be critical about those things with the hope of something better coming out on the other end, I think is the idea. Um, but, but that's a confusing definition. Ant and I have been talking about this for a while. When you think deconstruction, what, what's popping in your head? Yeah, it's kind of being used in the church world or, or those that have left the church world uh, to kind of describe the process they went through in regards to when they began to analyze and examine their, their Christian faith. So a lot of people that grew up in the church or, uh, or were in the church for a long time, all of a sudden they'll say they, they've gone through this deconstruction process where they kind of critically analyze uh, parts of the faith, ideas of the faith, bringing other ideas and right. worldviews into it, right. and they, in a sense, their faith gets deconstructed. Like they deconstruct what they once believed or once what they thought, and so that's kind of the layman's terms. It's right. kind of this term being used to yeah, just describe people's journey deconstructing their faith. Right. Yeah. So there's an imagery to it. I think. Right. That's like. You, you build a house and then you're, you're like taking it apart because you think that if you can get back down maybe to some of the foundational pieces, you'll be able to build something up that's better than what was there before. Um, and so one of the things we, we wanted to make clear, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, 
was that deconstruction, right, in and of itself, it's not a bad thing, right? Like there's, there's good things that are to be uh, potentially experienced in the midst of it, being critical about, uh, about what we believe and why we believe it, why we do the things we do. Like that's just almost always a good thing. The Bible calls us, right, to triage our lives and, and like really confront what we believe with a hope that like the answer would move us, I think, in dependency towards, towards Jesus. So um, there, there's all of those aspects that kind of inform this, but I think at, at the base level, the reason why this was like, hey, the first Theology and Culture Thursdays is because it's become really personal for us, right? Yeah. Like there's stories that we have. Yeah. And so wh why is this so important, I think, for both of us, but I mean, specifically for you, what's popping yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys probably could relate. If, if, you, if you've been in the church for any extended period of time or part of the church for any ex a part of time, you begin to say, you begin to see people who begin to do this. They, something comes up and they begin to, they walk out, out on their faith or they leave the church right. for this reason or that reason. And so, so yeah, I, I grew up in the church as a lot of you guys know. And so I feel like I've seen this kind of process happen a, a bunch of times yeah. in a lot of different ways. And, and even just talking to you, I know you, you've seen, you, you didn't grow up in the church, but you've still seen it being yeah. in the church for a while. Yeah. And so, um, so I, recently, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rhett and Link. They're on YouTube. They uh, they have a podcast called Ear Biscuits, which that's a pretty good name for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, they have a YouTube channel called Good Mythical Morning. They do a bunch of other stuff on YouTube too. Um, but what they did recently on their podcast is they uh, they gave their deconstruction story. Right. They began to share. Almost it sounded like a testimony, but it was a testimony going the other direction of like how they lost. Uh, their faith. Yeah, it's Christ. like a conversion story. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, it, I mean, it even right. sounds like a conversion story. Right. Sounds like a lot of times, and so, but just going the other way, so it's more like a deconversion story. Um, and uh, they grew up in the church. They were really involved in the church. They were even missionaries for for a while. All just crew with with Campus Crusade yeah. crew now, and so, uh, so yeah. yeah. So I think that brought it to the forefront recently to me, and just even my own heart's wrestle of like. Well, oh man, they they were with us. They were like yeah. in health, and they even admit we right. were in mostly healthy situations. Like we don't have anything bad happening to us, and right. so, um, so that, there's that aspect, and then uh, just the, even the personal aspect of like uh, just close friends of mine who I, I love deeply, who yeah. who stepped away from the faith for for what they feel like are good reasons, and just my heart's wrestle in the midst of that, and so that, that's that's why I think it's a good thing for us to talk about. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's some of your kind of heart? Yeah, like you said, so like you know, not growing up in the church, uh, becoming a Christian, starting to follow Jesus in in, uh, in college, there was like a slew of us. You know, there might even be some friends that might pop on and watch this at some point that are that are friends that are kind of part of this like crazy random movement of like all these non Christian friends of ours that were all like, hey, I think this is real, and and it just for some of us it, it like codified and was like this is this is it, and then over time some of it just seemed to kind of melt away, you know? And yeah. I, I think the piece that really drove us yesterday was, you know, like in tears, mm. like we think through these things, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's a, at, at really deep levels, I think it's like a, it's a lament piece at a certain yeah. level. And I don't mean to like blow it up beyond it is, but it's just like, hey, if, if what we believe is that yeah. this is like the true story of the world and now close friends that we have, like just think that's crazy yeah. or you know I mean and, and maybe at times like abusive yeah, you know yeah, and so like um so I think the hope then for the re kind of the rest of our time here is to talk about well then 
what are some of the things that are shaping this, right? Like, why, why are we seeing this happen? Why do we think it's happening? And then, um, and then really, again, what is the way forward? So we've got three buckets we want to talk about today uh, that we think kind of major reasons. And I'm, look, I'm sure there's more. These are really for us some of the ones that I think floated to the top as we were kind of navigating this. And so um, the first one is this idea of competing worldviews, yeah. uh, which... I think that gets tossed around a lot. Like yeah. we sort of hear, "Oh, that's my world," but what the heck do we mean? Like, what is what is that yeah. all? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I mean, if you're if you weren't homeschooled, you're like, "What's a worldview?" You know, um, because it's a big part of homeschool curriculum usually. Yeah, I didn't but, know that. Yeah, it is. So, anyways, um, a worldview is just a, 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 the the way you view the world, the way you view everything. So it's kind of like what. What kind of bucket do you sit in to make sense of evil? What kind of bucket do you sit in to make sense of spirituality, uh, science, all these different kinds of things? Like, how do you view the world, and what, where is the the almost like the glasses you put on to to view the world? And that's a good way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when you go to different cultures or just even meet different people in our own cities, you're going to see people there. Because of how they grew up, because of the situations they're in, they kind of have this sort of a worldview, whatever it might be. They think yeah. the world is this way because of these things. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say a, a worldview is. And especially in our country, yeah. there's lots of competing worldviews. So that's why we kind of say competing worldviews. There's, yeah. I mean, it, even just this, this is us spouting our worldviews. There's just so many platforms yeah. and ways for people to like just say what they think and think Probably what now want. more than ever. Right? Yeah, I would say. Technology so. has made yeah. it so then like you, you, everyone has the opportunity to like craft a new lens that then you want to share like, hey, no, you should view the world this way because I've borrowed from these like seven different things, right? Yeah. Like, and so people are constantly, I think, kind of reformatting yeah. new ideas of the way like you're supposed to view the world. And, and, and in that, like it just becomes like kind of crazy yeah. of like, well, which way is up, I think, at the end of the day. Um, I think there's the, the reality of, when you, when you look at how we got here, yeah. right? Like, I think when you, when you think through how did kind of Western society specifically, yeah. how did the United States of America really yeah. end up here, you have to go back and look at the Enlightenment. Um, if, if maybe you didn't take uh, medieval heritage or you didn't take kind of, you know, probably European history classes, maybe, maybe you've heard that term, you should have, otherwise the school system has let you down. Um, the Enlightenment was this kind of great movement uh, amongst kind of the European nations uh, where there is age of discovery, the scientific method starts coming out of that, right? Like it's, it's all of this idea of let us push away the sacred and really the godly, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the religious and say like, no, we're gonna really deal with the, what, what is tangible, what, yeah. is, what is present, what is here. What can be measured. Um, Right, yeah. what can be reasoned with, yeah. right? And so in the midst of that, then it was like, well, we don't need anything else. And so for years you had Greek philosophical thought, right, yeah. that was driving, hey, there was, there was always this dualistic system yeah. that, that was uh, kind of heaven and the spiritual things, and then there was kind of the tangible, practical. The movement of the Enlightenment was like, no, forget even the other half. Like, we don't even need to divide this anymore. It's just what we have here you get humanism that, that kind of flows out of that, this, this belief that, yeah. like, we're going to figure this thing out. We don't need God and, and so on and so forth. So um, that, I feel like, at, at the heart of it, that has, that has overwhelmed Western society. Yeah. Almost right? like that's almost like the worldview of the West. Like, that's the one we're...
I want to say, how, how real is this? How is this possible? Uh, and so the scientific method becomes this, this big way that we all kind of try to view reality, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Reality yeah. defined by uh, cultural values, cultural views that I think uh, try and present themselves as neutral, yeah. but are not. Yeah, right? yeah. And so I think like oftentimes when you get into this conversation around deconstruction is it's, uh, well, uh, Christians are trying to push their yeah. stuff, right? Like we're out here peddling our stuff, yeah. which we are. Like just like yeah. full disclosure, we absolutely are. And if you're a Christian, like that's okay. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Jesus was like, no, 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 go, go tell people about this stuff, you know? Totally. And so, um, but, but I think the, the, the lie is, is that we're the only ones doing it. Yeah. yeah totally. You know what I mean? Like totally. that the, the world is just this neutral, unbiased, they're not trying to shape or form you, which yeah, is, yeah. is just cool. like as if the scientific method itself is neutral. So you're you're basically saying, hey, I, I, I would even go so far as to say the scientific method. I, I don't think that's a neutral way in which to view the world. Would you well, would you say that? Would well, you say I would say, that? well, no, because I mean, there's, there's I mean, just very practically, there's just just the stuff that it doesn't apply to yeah, yeah. that it cannot speak an answer to. Yeah, right? it just, totally. And that's not that's not just. The pastor's saying that. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's like just critical I science theory yeah. is going to be like, no, 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 like it can't answer everything. No. Right? Like, how do you just love? You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's this great, oh, oh man, I, it's this great story. It's, it's this gal and, and she uh, was a devout scientist, atheist, yeah. and kind of wrote this line of just like, hey, um, like when I had a kid, like she talks about after having her first child was I love that child more than evolution could explain, right? Like yeah. it didn't make, like it just, Evolution and the science, it just didn't add up to like the amount of love she had for a yeah, kid, yeah. which I think you and I could both understand, yeah, yeah. right? Like it just, why would I love this yeah. thing that makes my life more difficult yeah. and awful? Yeah, you know? no, totally. It doesn't, it, it's completely counterintuitive. Especially, it's, especially yeah. my kids. Uh, you, even, uh, even in our comments right now, we're seeing uh, what's someone that doesn't have a neutral worldview about our hair right now. And so if we were in a it's different just, oh, time and place, gosh. so Andy, Andy, is just, Andy Zyman wow. is just saying both of your hair right now. Um, and that's fair, but if you if you had a different worldview, you would see us as beautiful image bearers of God. But uh, Andy has her struggles. And so, Andy had the best. Uh, she did have the best. I think she probably thought of it as a criticism. We thought of it as an encouragement. Yeah. Um, after Tuesday's uh, yeah. live stream, she said that it was a mix between a talk show and I think like a high school like. Announcement like show, morning yeah, the morning yeah. show at like a high school. It's which, probably closer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Production quality, even yeah. as we look at it on the screen, we know is low, yeah. and that's something we are trying to fix in the next upcoming weeks. Um, but honestly, at, at real hard level, like kind of what we're going for. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. gonna, you know, you're gonna look kind of. Uh, someone said Einsteinish over these next few months. I'm gonna look like uh, year one of the Beatles ish over these next coming months. So. But anyways, well, thinking about this idea of worldviews being neutral <laughs> and just kind of coming back around, uh, I think there's like a couple ways like that we can see in our society right now that shows our worldview, the scientific method, if that's like kind of the lens that we use to, to construct things or even like maybe you're here, you're listening, you're like, I don't use the scientific method, but I just want to come at things from an unbiased place like uh-huh. I just think that's kind of impossible Here, yes. here's, here's an example of, of something I think a lot of people in our society think about and it's this idea of 
chronological snobbery. I don't know if you guys have heard this before. I think C.S. Lewis might have coined this term. I would term. say you probably don't think of it in those terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm really delving into chronological yeah. snobbery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know who exactly came up with the, the term, but the idea is this, is I think most people today think, man, we, today, we are a lot smarter than, than right. previous civilizations. We, right. we, and, and we know how to do things. We know, how, we know the earth isn't flat. We know all, like, we know all these things. <laughs> That previous societies, they were so dumb because they thought these things. And, and I think some of that is chronological snobbery because, one, I think if uh, the internet went out tomorrow, we'd, we'd have like a walking dead <laughs> situation going on right it's now. It's kind of but, happening. At yeah, all. it's almost like the toilet paper situation out there is already walking dead level. Uh, but anyways, um, that being said... Uh, like for us to think that we are smarter and we know more about the world and know more about spirituality and know more about reality than like like take the ancient Egyptians for instance who did all these feats of technology and the more you study the ancient Egyptians you just see they did these great things that even today we can't explain some of the things they did and how they did them or if you look at ancient Chinese culture and some of the things they did and how they did them wow. we, we just we just don't know yeah, yeah there's just all kinds of things and so I think Part of having this Western worldview, we get this chronological snobbery sometimes where we go, no, I'm unbiased, I know a lot, I'm on the, you know, we don't even think of that as standing on the shoulders of those before us. But even worse, we don't think, man, people of other times and cultures are smarter than me. Like, that's right, just, right, right, I think right. that's just fundamentally true. And maybe yeah. even no more than me. Yeah, like, yeah. No, so that's the thing is, right, there, there is no... There's no doubt that obviously in to, in like the world today we know more on the whole than we know, than they used to know right like there's there's just reality the science has allowed yeah. us to know things that yeah. like you know what I mean and, and even just access to that right because yeah. of the internet you and I know stuff that like you know what I mean fifty years ago yeah. right? I mean like my my pop like doesn't know a lot of those things just because he doesn't get to scroll all the content that I get to consume every day. Um, but I think especially pressing into like intelligence, mm. you know, and how, how one can process uh, kind of the bigger questions of life, you know, like it, the ignorance. And, and then I think uh, rather the arrogance, I think of that statement of like, we're just, we're so much more enlightened, right? Yeah, totally. um, but I think when we realize like that's because of the enlightenment. Right? Even calling that section of history, the enlightenment right. itself right. is right. biased, right? Like. Look, yeah. this is when we figured it out. This is when the light came into the world for us, right? right. Like, that's, that's biased language. Yeah, and I think, I don't think too many of us would like, or in, if we could live for, you know, 300 more years, would look back at the, at the aughts and, you know what I mean, the way the left yeah. stuff's going right now and be like, well, that's when we were crushing totally, it. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the dark ages, those were bad. But right now, man, like, they really figured it out. The world is such a great place, totally. you know? So there's holes in the midst of that. And it makes me think of... There's not just like a chronological piece to it, but there's like a cultural snobbery that comes mm -hmm. along with it as well. Yeah. In other words, um, there's certain things, right, that I think we've adopted as like this is gospel. Or, so in secular language, like this is just truth, right? Like, this is yeah. this is absolutely true. Um, that the rest of the world's like, no, we don't think that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Africa, Asia, like I, I like. They're like, no, we, yeah. we actually don't buy into that aspect of what you believe to be true, yeah. but morally and, and spiritually and, and yeah. on, on that line. And so I, I think like there's this reality to it of like, 
there's not just, hey, we're farther along because we live now, yeah. but I think there's this, we're farther along because we live here. Yeah, totally. And that's a that's another piece of just like really arrogant thought. It's yeah. like, hey, like, because I'm an American, because I'm in the West, uh, my stuff is right, and the people totally. that live over there, right, they're, they're wrong. Totally. Now, no one would ever say that, right, because yeah. we live in a, we're trying to all be woke, culture so it's well we're, we're, you know everyone's great but it's like no, no no you literally will attack people that believe the same things as some of our eastern friends here and now but still say that they're fine and yeah, we're wrong, yeah. right so it's there's just a, a level of us needing to acknowledge the biases that we all approach with which yeah. again as a christian i'm telling you i'm biased right yeah. like i believe that jesus christ is the risen savior king of the world that yeah. reigns on the throne today right yeah. I mean, like that's gonna have massive implications totally. on what I believe and what yeah. I tell you. And, and I think other people need to realize, no, you've been shaped by that. Yeah. The air you've breathed, the water you've drank, it is filled with just as much bias as, yeah, as mine. You know. All right, I got two, so I have two questions for you then. And kind of in this conversation, the first question kind of relates to earlier what we're talking about with the scientific method. So what, like, is science bad then? Like, well, oh, so right. I, there's even part of me yeah, right now that's like, some of the things we're yeah. saying, it, like, yeah, but science does help us. See yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, like so, right, like, right. like even just like even like flat Earth versus not flat Earth or whatever. And yeah, you know, that's controversial, unfortunately, these days. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. but yeah, so like, it, is is science is science bad for a Christian? Is it bad? Like, how, how yeah. did you answer that? Yeah, yeah, a big a big giant no. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but but I mean, there's pitfalls to it, right? Like, yeah. It's just I think uh, science becomes bad when it becomes an idol just like anything else, yeah. right? Like it, it becomes bad when it is the thing our hope yeah. is in, uh, not God who uh, like invented everything, right? And like thought of everything and science works at his bidding, yeah, you yeah. know, and that type of idea. But I mean, it reminds me of the story. I mean, there was like, there was a moment, I think I've shared this on Sundays with y'all at some point, but there's a moment I was doing some work in West Africa in, a, in Guinea Conakry and I was working with the Yalunka people in Yatya, and yeah. they're just amazing people, just more loving and communal and yeah. generous and, and amazing yeah. than, than a lot of us. Uh, but I remember there was a video that we that we showed them, and the video zooms in from outer space and then zooms in on Earth, mm. which was a ball, right? I mean, Earth is a ball. That's what most of us, right, believe. And so they see this thing, and and all of a sudden in in the room is this this ton of commotion around like. What is that? You know, and I ask them these yeah. questions. I'm like, hey, what, are they, what are they talking about there? And and our translator said, oh well, they don't believe that that's Earth. And we and we said, well, why not? They said, because Earth is flat, right? And so this this was five no sorry this is like ten years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, in the midst of that, like we start trying to tell them like. Actually, it's not like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's round, you know, and they oh. weren't buying it. They're oh. like, "There's no way that's true," yeah. or, or whatever. So, so in the midst of that, like we have now discovered, yeah. right, that the Earth is indeed round, yeah. and that means some things for uh, a ton of things, right, for the implications yeah. of like how we travel, you know, like how we understand like gravity, how we understand yeah. the, or the the tilt of the Earth, you know, how we understand then all the cultural impact, yeah. sorry, uh, climate impacts of, of this type of stuff, right? All these things now because we know. It's not just some board we're operating. Yeah. Uh, it, it changes a ton of stuff, and so uh, no science is is an absolute gift. Yeah. The Enlightenment, in many ways, was an absolute gift to the world. It's just when it all of a sudden has found its place to 
of ultimate authority to jettison Jesus, yeah. right, and to jettison God, uh, that's when it just becomes super unhelpful. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I actually remember when, when I was a kid and learning that the earth wasn't flat. I, it was like a whoa day for me. Like that day, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure. Dude, that was like Kyrie it's Irving. Like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyways. Uh, well, here, Sorry, Kyrie. If you're watching, you're probably watching this. He's a follower. Yeah. Um, we love you, Kyrie. Uh, so uh, yeah, here's my second question. So, it, it, okay, so that's kind of... Good, good. Science isn't all bad, but we just have to know that if it, it like maybe there's aspects of reality that science just can't show us or teach us or let us know about. I think that's probably a good, yeah. good heart to have about. Uh, about. Well, yeah. here, what about this? So I think a lot of people might see us talking about worldviews and just go, well, okay, here, your worldview is just then, it's just based on where you grew up or where you were born, like what part of the world you were in. And so um, it's not really truth. Yeah. Like truth is really hard to find. Be, and, and some cultures have some of it, and other cultures have some of it. And how would you speak to that? Like, are yeah. we just are we just products of where we were born? And, and if that's yeah. the case, then are we just Christians because of where right. we were born? Right, right. I mean, honestly, there's a few things, and I'll, I'll try and speak less. I know I'm talking by too much, but I mean, the fir the first most obvious one is that it's like, no, I grew up in in Louisiana, yeah. and literally everyone was a Christian. Yeah, yeah. And then I left, still not a Christian. Right. Like, I. I Everything that surrounded me was Christian, and everyone did the Christian thing, and we never bought into it. Right? Yeah. Like it's just so even just from a experiential standpoint, I think another experiential reality, and it's it's not I guess it's empirical as well. Is look like the global church is just exploding right mm. now, right? Like as as numbers do drop in in the West, right? Specifically in the United States, Canada, uh, Western Europe. Like gosh, man, they're like. Like blowing up everywhere else, like the the church in Africa, the church in Asia, the church in like the former Soviet bloc, like yeah. Eastern Europe, like yeah. that, like South Asia, um, it, it's like it's just going bonkers, you know. So yeah. like at that level, and it's certainly like the at, at the heart of those cultures is still very much like not Jesus, yeah, right? Totally. So it's not like well they became Christian now, and so yeah. it, it's like no, 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 that's not happening. Yeah. But the conversion rates are just yeah. astounding. And and the last thing I'd say to it is. This argument, and, and this is not, I'm truly not meant to be like a, hey, just believe what I say here, but please, like, you know, like if you're watching, like just go and, and watch some of the more renowned atheists that are not kind of in that neo-atheist camp. Like, yeah. so the Dawkins and uh, the Harrises and yeah. stuff like that. These are the popular atheists. The popular yeah. atheists, right, that kind of toss out this, it really, at the end of the day, right, it's a fallacy. Yeah. This idea that, hey, if you're born here, that means you'll do this and that means you'll do that. It sounds right. Like, it sounds like, oh, that just sounds so good. Yeah. I got him. And listen, like, the more, like, world-renowned, like, you guys actually know what you're talking about. When you get into a debate, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's serious. They're like, dude, stop saying that. Like, yeah. that's, that doesn't, it's not philosophically accurate. It is a philosophical fallacy. Um, it doesn't determine true what's yeah. true or not. Like, it's just something that sounds good. Mm. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's... How else does Western, like, what else does then Western society, what does it breed then? Or what's, like, something else that it kind of leads to and breeds in a way that shapes our worldview and shapes how we think through things and shapes this deconstruction story? Like, 
how, how, so all that makes sense why if all those enlightenment things are happening, uh, yeah. it makes sense that there would be this deconstruction moment for yes. Christians because right. the Christian worldview is very different. Right, they're confronted with yeah. It's it's just bound to happen. It seems like so. What what are some other things? Kind of this Western Enlightenment worldview does that causes someone to maybe, um, you know, begin to deconstruct their faith a bit. Yeah, I mean that's a great question, and I might just even kick it back to you. Yeah, yeah. Regard like yeah, because when you start kind of navigating some of this stuff, yeah. I feel it's conversations you and I have a ton. Yeah. uh, That I feel like you you just have some insight on. I'm just like like. Culture, like the Western worldview, Enlightenment has created this ever shifting landscape mm. of of what is true, yeah. and, and what and we've talked about this before. That uh, for a long time, like post Enlightenment, like what was true uh, was what could be proven by scientific method and reason, yeah. right? So you're like, okay, well, we're gonna put our stamp on that. But gosh, man, that's that's not what even now people are or like you know maybe thirty percent of the population yeah. is starting to say no 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 it's really just what I want it to be yeah. right like it's it's kind of personal expression personal desire it's personal rhetoric who can yell the loudest yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. so I think the ever shifting landscape is really difficult totally. for us as Christians to navigate could because we tend to be too yeah. reactive and not proactive totally. but will you talk about yeah. Some of those sh- where you've seen like shifting, yeah, uh, like definitions of, oh. of like just these big ideas that have now like moved us in weird ways. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think even just before I go there, just kind of this ever shifting idea, it probably how you can connect it to the enlightenment is the enlightenment if they give you this tool of like the scientific method and they're saying this is how you can determine reality, this is how you can determine what's real, then everybody has this tool. And everybody becomes individuals using this tool, which I think leads to this like rampant individualism. Yes. Um, I don't think that's the only thing yes. in you know, enlightenment that led to individualism, but I think that's one thing. So now everybody becomes like, if you're following through on the scientific method as accurately as possible, you have more truth than the person next to you. And so yeah. when individualism happens, then there's this ever-shifting reality because you'll say something, you say, no, I figured this out because of these observations and these things, uh-huh. so this has to be true. Right. Then I'll go, but because of my observations and these things that I've been following the same method, the same ways of looking through things, uh, I've landed here. And right. so what we've seen with science too, science just changes over the centuries. Like uh, b- people just over time, uh, discover new things, things different. Right. What is all true that. changes? Yeah. Yeah, time, yeah, right, yeah. And there's almost like a goodness, like there's almost a goodness in that. Like I think God has put in us this heart to discover the world and look at the world yeah. and see what the world's like. Like yeah. that, there's there's like a goodness in there. So I, I want to I want us to be careful not to just throw everything the Enlightenment did like as it's bad. Like there's like a lot of good things that tap into. Yes. I think even like the image of God in us. And so I think this ever-shifting stuff just happens. Like people, when you're an individual and you're the one defining what's true and what's real and what's right, uh, definitions change, things change over time. So like even just values of cultures change, right? Uh, Even that value, how it's defined changes. You know, like at the beginning of American history, freedom was defined one way. And mostly for guys that looks like me that also owned land, which I do not, so I would have been in trouble. (laughs) And so... Yeah. Uh, and then that shifted right. over time as to what is a person. And even now today, there's debates about what that is in, di- in different ways. And so uh, so I, I think that's that's kind of how the ever-shifting and individualism, it, it takes things. It takes things like love. Like 
400 years ago, we would define love in this one way as a society. And now, I feel like in our society today, love is mostly just affection and kindness. And that's like yeah. the only way that yeah. we define love. It's nothing except for affection and kindness. And um, I, I don't, I mean, maybe it's more than that for some people, but it feels like that's kind of how it's defined. So even tolerance looks different throughout time. Yes. And even all these different things. The, well, it's the idea, right? Change. Like tolerance. Tolerance was like the church's deal. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, and that's what's so... Like, like, I actually read something recently where the, the author was making a claim, tolerance exists in the world today because Christians were yeah. tolerant yes. in the first century. You know? I know. And that's, yeah. what's, that's what's so crazy. And so, like, the Christians brought in this, this tolerance movement, yeah. right? Like, 2,000 years ago, yeah. living kind of the life of Jesus. Yeah. Um, but because the definition has changed, right... And, and, and we'll, we're going to talk about this in a moment. The church has dropped the ball in some ways as well. Yeah, yeah. But the definition has shifted. So now people would say, well, you're, okay, yeah, maybe that's the where, where it started, but you're not living that way now. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 we're just living based on a definition that initially came in, not like kind of this new definition of, of what tolerance is, right? Yeah. And so uh, at that level, I think it just gets, it gets confusing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that makes sense. I know there's kind of this other facet that you've been talking about a lot lately too is just how how much like community and the influencers around us yes. also change to this like almost cause us to be shifting in our worldview so that almost takes a, yeah. pushes away it's almost the opposite of individualism yeah. but how does community like how does community, the people around you kind of cause deconstruction to happen and what, what do you think's going on there I think the Bible was pretty clear when it, when it was saying we were going to be like created in God's image, yeah. like there was a, there was a communal nature yeah. to that, right? So even when our culture would be like, hey, we're rampant individualists, and you know, I make decisions for myself, which uh, hopefully even on what we said today, but if I could be as explicit about it as possible, it's just not true. Um, we all make decisions yeah. that are like, right, like influenced by all sorts of factors, and we take it all, and then we make a decision or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so I think in us is this like communal piece, and I yeah. think it's supposed to be there. And yeah. I, um, the deal is, is, is that with, when we're this the ever shifting stuff, the landscape that's always changing, um, who you listen to, right? Like who, yeah. who do you allow to uh, have say and influence in your life, yeah. right? Like who gets to be that person for yeah. you or persons, you know? Some of it is, is, is as explicit as that, right? It's, yeah. uh, I'm going to choose to listen to these people. They are going to shape me, yeah. okay? Um, but then there's also just like the slow drip reality of us being communal people, being around people will shape you. Like, yeah. uh, this is the great idea, right? Like things are more caught than taught, yeah. right? So, so you just, if you hang out with a certain people uh, for, for so long, like you're just going to slowly become like them. Like what... You, you shared with me years ago, right? Like it's the, the five closest people to you or something like that when you're growing up, right, are going to be... Yeah. Well, I mean, so they say uh, for a lot of people when they grow up in faith, what keeps them in the faith is five relationships with five Christians okay. that yeah. are uh, not your family members. Right. So that's, I mean, that's that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, like you're just naturally like, who are those five people that are going to be in your life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like T-Mobile's like... Friends that I don't know what that was called, but like, like yeah. who are the people that are gonna Faye five, yeah, Faye five, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like that you're like this is the people that give me a phone. Yeah. Those five people, 
you're going to be like a composite yeah. of those five people, you know? Yeah. Um, and and not, necessarily, not completely, but that's just the reality of, of the world we live in. So part of this deconstruction piece, um, we need to ask ourselves, like, well, well, who am I choosing to listen to? Yeah. Who are the people I'm surrounding myself by? Yeah. Um, and knowing they are not neutral, yeah. right, either. And, and so I think there's the appearance of, especially as a Christian, right, like, it can come across, like, okay, I'm going to say, hey, I want to love Jesus more, so I'm going to try and surround myself with some other Christians that I respect in the faith, that can mentor me and that I want to like just glean wisdom and life from. Yeah. Right? Like, um, now that can sound like exclusive and can sound uh, like I, I don't want to be around non Christians. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, I believe this is the true story of the world. Yeah. And I also believe that the competing stories are very winsome. Yeah. Right? But I think they're false. Yeah. And so in, in the midst of that, it's like, okay, I, then I have to then say, no, if this is true, I'm going to intentionally place myself in places that are going to spur on the truth, yeah. right? And, and, and do it that way. Otherwise, it's just like, gosh, that's not, I'm just going to lose sight totally. of what's going on, you yeah. know? And I think that's why Jesus, you know what I mean? Like he, he got the 12 together and, and then he had the three. Like he, he was yeah. constantly trying to build strong community that that would learn from each other yeah. and move forward so i i just know so many of the stories of my friends that i have right yeah. that have like departed from the faith the community that they're in like shaped a ton of that yeah. right and um and and it's a problem because i still believe this is the true story totally. of the world right i still believe jesus rose from yeah. the dead and so um that's why it's that's why it's yeah. grievous, you know, totally. and, and that's why it's happening. Like, if we as Christians want to to be faithful for the rest of our lives, right? Like, work out our our, our salvation with fear and trembling till the day He returns. Then, in the midst of it, it's like, all right, well, then I'm going to intentionally place myself on a consistent yeah. basis uh, with those that will will edify that story in me. Yeah, that's good. No, that's really. So, good. I think it, yeah. I think we should all be aware about how people around us are shaping us. Uh, I, I do like before I, before like we became friends. Yeah. I never watched the NBA, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the NBA was like a slow drip of you always talking about the NBA, yeah. and welcome. I was like, I guess I should follow this because that's yeah. just what like I like, and now I love it. Right? Yeah, like yeah. Now I'm looking up stats and yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff, which sure. you know my wife loves, and so um, polar pops. Like I didn't <laughs> used to do <laughs> polar pops, yeah. um, which if you don't know what a polar pop is, just don't go. I mean, it's a circle cage, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, so I mean, like, just the slow jump. Yeah, yeah. Community. All right, awesome. I already have. I, I have two wrestling pushbacks. I know there's other topics we want to get to. Yeah. But two wrestling pushbacks with this idea. Okay, the first pushback is this: How then is this? How is Christianity just not like brainwashing? Like, oh, so right, like, yeah. it sounds a little bit no, like totally. make yeah. sure you're with the people that yeah. they know <laughs> like what's true and. Yeah. Be a good boy, like like so like how is how is this not just brainwashing like or or maybe it is I I don't know what what's like what are your thoughts on that Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh, it's just like uh, I and I think you know brainwashing. Look, it has all these connotations to what that yeah. means, as if like there's almost like there's just like mischievous. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like pinky in the brain, like yeah, kind yeah. of like plotting how are we gonna deceive you? Yeah, yeah. 
uh, literally like kind of the idea of brainwashing is like we're literally trying to wash your brain, like flood your brain yeah, with yeah. truth. Uh, and, and the realization that like, yeah, churches do that, Christians do that, uh, Muslims and, and like, like every other religion does that, yeah. um, atheists do that, agnostics do that. Like everyone is trying to peddle their worldview in a way that they think, no, if you live this way, it'd be better for you and, yeah. and for me. Um, so at a certain level, gosh, like, no, that's exactly what we're doing totally. because we think the story's true. You know yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's, it's that, um, I can't remember his first name, but the guy, the Penn and Teller guy, um, Penn Gillette. Yeah. Penn Gillette, yeah. Right. So he comes out and says, talking about how he's an atheist, yeah. but how he fully expects Christians to like preach and evangelize to him. Yeah. And because if they didn't, he literally says like, if, if like, if a Christian isn't willing to like share the gospel with me and try and save me, how much must that Christian hate me? Yeah. Because they believe I'm going to hell, yeah, right? Totally. Like, and so I think there's a reality that, that I think some of us as Christians can almost feel like intimidated by that reality yeah. of like, oh, I don't want to come across as, as this. It's like, no, but that's what it is. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, but so is everyone else. Like yeah. the playing field is level. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, if I if I'm hearing you correctly, basically you're saying like Christianity. Uh, it's not brainwashing in the sense of like there are been devious peoples throughout time that have tried to manipulate people into believing wrong things or believing things so they do certain things. But Christianity. Well, there have been. Yeah, there have been. But that's not Jesus. With, even within Christianity. <laughs> Christianity yes. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Those things have existed. We'll talk about some totally. of that in just a moment. Yeah, yeah. But that's not Jesus. Yeah. Right? That's not the scriptures. And I think that's what where it gets lost in the midst of it. It's like, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not what's going on. All right. You know? No, that that makes yeah. sense. And so, so Christianity more, it's it in a sense like it's unabashedly going like, yeah, we do have a bias, like, and we are trying not to brainwash you, but we are trying to heavily influence you and wash the cultural idols away from you and the yeah. cultural proclivities away from you yes. to be part of Christ, like Christ's culture that He has yeah. for us. That would be kind of so. Uh, you know, I think that's fair. I think that's a. It's almost like a yeah. There is an aspect of this. It's not brainwashing in the devious sense, no. but it probably is on some kind of technical level. But yeah. not. I mean, it's, yeah. it goes. It goes the same way the other direction, right? So if you are so of kind of a lot of the neo atheist crowd, um, that would say, hey, you know, like we think religion isn't just wrong; that it's harmful. Yeah. Right. Uh, they'll cite things that I, I think are easily inaccurate right yeah. like uh, you know all wars have been caused by christians which just fundamentally isn't true but yeah. if that is your worldview and that is your belief right that that uh that religion as a whole christianity in particular is a dangerous thing for society no i fully expect you to get out there and like shut try and shut me down right yeah because if not you're not a good person yeah. like if you think i'm doing harm to people, it makes absolute sense that you would try and say, no, like, he's wrong, here's why you should believe that. Yeah. And I respect that, right, yeah. out of out of dear friends, you know, and so I, I think there is there is some of that reality in the midst yeah. of it. But some of this, I think, then circles back to, um, you, you get this reality of then people, Christians, yeah. they're living and swimming in all these waters and trying to navigate all this they're maybe with people that are constantly calling into question things that they've always believed, right? Yeah. Um, which again, that's part of deconstruction that is helpful, which we talked about in the beginning. Like deconstruction can be good, critical analysis can be good, um, 
but it does begin to raise like doubts, yeah. right? Like doubts yeah. sneak in, and then um, a lot of times I think what happens is the doubts are there, and instead of like going to the to the church, or you know what I mean, yeah. and, and, like going to those who have labored yeah. and studied and and have legitimate answers yeah. right to this instead the doubts become yeah. kind of these privatized things I need to keep to myself mm. and then they don't go and explore that that I think is a pitfall right yeah. and so when you talk about and, and maybe even get if you want to circle back to the Rhett and Lake thing a little bit but yeah. even just how doubts have formed a bit of less deconstruction reality that we find ourselves in. yeah I mean I as somebody I feel like I've doubted a lot in my life and I think it, it can be really hard to have this doubt because a lot of times you have this doubt, it feels like the, a seed of something that goes, you've based your whole life on a lie. <laughs> like this, yeah, everything right. is wrong. And yes. so even though it, it can be a little thought or a thought you can even push aside, these, these doubts can feel like just like incredibly like disparaging and uh, yeah. cause you to go into despair. Right. And yes. so, so I think doubts themselves, yeah, I think they, they themselves cause people to begin to deconstruct, analyze their faith in a way that goes, okay, here, how can I deconstruct this thing? What's going on? Oh, am I right? And so, uh, well, listen, I don't know, it, it's worth listening to the, the Rhett and Link uh, podcast. Yeah. They each did their yeah. own um, on how they deconstructed it. And for Rhett in particular, it really seemed doubt was like a big part of his story. And, uh, mm -hmm. Um, and I remember thinking at one point as he was talking about doubts, I remember thinking, I don't know if, if that's how we're supposed to wrestle with doubt. So first I'll say this. I wow. think in the church, we should always bring our doubts to the table. Yes. I think we, we can have doubts for long periods of time. We can wrestle with them for years. Yes. Even. Um, but there was this moment. If, if we couldn't, I mean, like... The, all the apostles are dead. Yeah, all the really apostles. Like, all the they're songs, disqualified. The psalms are yeah, heresy, exactly, yeah, yeah. heresy songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think uh, something he said in there, there's this moment where he's, he was talking about the resurrection, and he's, and, he, and he's basically saying something along the lines of like, yeah, I would have these doubts about the resurrection, but then I would just be like, ah, you know, I just, I just have to have faith, and I would, just, I would just have faith. And so he'd almost like land on that doubt of the resurrection, and I, I began to wrestle with that as a believer, and I began, began to go like, can a believer, with the resurrection in particular, how do we, what does that look like to doubt that, wrestle with that, deconstruct yeah. with that? And so, uh, you, you know, I, I kind of began to think, you know, I don't know if where Rhett landed was a good place to land, where he just kind of goes, I just gotta have faith, you know, like, you know, like, I, uh, about this, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good place to land when you're having a doubt about the resurrection. So I, I'm honestly just kind of curious, what, how, how do you, how would you like want to pastor someone through that? Like, how would you have pastored Rhett through that if he had been honest with you and open with you about his doubts and how serious they were and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the first piece is already what you said, right? It's yeah. like, no, this is okay for you. you yeah, know? yeah. And hear me, like, there's, there's hope, maybe some of you watching or watch later, like, no doubts, right? Like, they're going to happen. Yeah. They happen for me, right? Uh, and I don't mean that. <laughs> like, like so even, yeah. even for Apostle me, like, like, uh, Bishop, uh, <laughs> Bishop, I know, uh, like you know, but just, but I know, like we we live in this. You yeah, know what I mean? Like we're we're paid to like yeah. read the scriptures all the time, and like no, like, the doubts, the doubts are there. They're yeah. real. So I think that's the first piece, right? Is yeah. Hey man, no, you're fine. Like yeah. this, this is part of the story. I think drawing them to the Psalms, right? Mm. Drawing them into those moments of like laments. 
um, especially like we've talked about in length, right? Psalm 88 of just yeah. like, hey man, there's no bow at the end of Psalm 88. Yeah. Like he's just upset. He doesn't find God. It's just emo. It's yeah, the it's just, emo song. It's the dashboard. Yeah. It was written by Dashboard Confession. Oh, if I you guys didn't know that. They oh, actually okay. wrote That's Psalm 88. So uh, if, you haven't, if you don't have enough with them, maybe go listen. I Probably not. But um, but I think like, draw him to that. Like, hey, there's just, there's like, no dude, yeah. you don't need to put a bow on it all. Like, yeah. You can really wrestle through all that stuff. I think setting that foundation for them, pointing pointing them to the apostles, pointing to yeah. like, these guys abandoned Jesus, they weren't there at his crucifixion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It literally took them yeah. the resurrection to return, yeah. right? And I think like in that, the answer is even like, notice the doubt of every apostle, totally. right? Leading up to the death of Christ. And then all of a sudden, they all start jumping back in the fold. Totally. Years, you know, I mean, literally days, but what yeah. we know we have like documented like years after this yeah. of they're like, oh well, no, 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 I'm back in. Like you don't just jump back in when your when your leader just died. You yeah. jump back in because you saw that dude come back to life, yeah. right? So I, I think there's just the reality then of trying to point very much so to like the reality of of like the resurrection being yeah. the central piece of it. And here's some realities of how we can actually navigate this. Here's some great resources in the midst yeah. of it that I think it becomes then the central piece for why we believe the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, because Jesus rose from the dead, then I now I can believe this other yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if totally. he didn't, then it's like, well, let's go home. You know totally. what I mean? Like, let's take Sunday mornings off. Let's yeah. not do small groups, all that kind of stuff. But because he rose from the dead, you know, there's a great book. It's uh, it's coming out. It's, um, it's I think it's going to be like 3,500 pages. So... It's like the Brothers Karamazov times two. Okay. Like it is just a massively long book yeah. that's about to come out, and uh, and it's all on the resurrection. Okay. And so it's not out yet. The author of it has written a bunch of other stuff, um, but he just pretty much compiled every piece of evidence that says like this thing happened, wow. and uh, it's thirty five hundred pages long. Wow. So that's pretty good. Uh, you should probably all read it. Yeah, so almost yeah. kind of what you're saying, like, yeah. if Rhett was in our life, we, you almost would have said, hey, like, first of all, your doubts, it's okay. Like, everybody has doubt. It's a natural human thing yeah. to doubt right. for a variety of reasons. I think we'll get into some more of those as well. And then secondly, you'd probably even kind of go with the resurrection in particular, like, yes. yeah, but if, if this is where you're landing, like, you yes. don't believe in the resurrection... That that's probably a problem. That's a problem. Like that's yes, right. A yeah. Problem. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, but even though that's a problem, like explore that. Mm-hmm. See if it's true. See if it's real. See like, uh, so I, I yeah, I think that's you're a good pastor. I think that would be good. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, I shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> should give him a big head. But no, I think that's good. I think yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's yeah. let's leave kind of this worldview, yeah. this West, the West. That's that's like, number one. That's that the first one. point. The yeah. other ones might go a little faster. Fast fast I don't know. I, I think we'd be remiss to talk about the church and how the church itself, the body of Christians, yeah. uh, whether you think it's an institution or not, we think it's all the believers in the world make up a body, a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also institutions, and they're also local institutions, and they're also all kinds of institutions. And so we, we think probably the church itself has caused a lot of people to deconstruct their faith because the church has acted in just bad ways, in oppressive ways, abusive ways, negative ways towards people. And that causes someone to go, well, then is this stuff even real? Like, so uh, this kind of deconstruction, yeah, happens because of uh, 
bad church experiences? What what? Let's just talk about some of those things. Like, what are some of, what are some of the bad church yeah, experiences? Lot, people, yeah, unfortunately, that people have that that kind of causes them to deconstruct their faith. Yeah, I, I'll start by just saying, like, that that's part of your story. Like, uh, man, I want you. Like, we truly see you. I think there was a there's a whole lot of eyes being opened, uh, right? With I think the the Me Too and the Church Too movement, yeah, right? Yeah. That then it kind of um, those type of things are like, gosh, this is this is bad, yeah. right? You had Joshua Harris deconstructing his faith and yeah. repenting from some of the purity culture stuff, which had its benefits, but had certainly its pitfalls that have really hurt people. I mean, there's just yeah. and, then, and then you just look at our history, like so. Yeah. There, there's lots of stuff, but I mean, I think like yeah. the top one that floats, I think, to the surface for me is is really like the like abuse, uh, abuse that's worse, yeah. right? And that we're talking sexual, physical, emotional, spiritual abuse. Yeah. Um, and that's the worst. But then also, I think you can just move towards like lack of love, right? Totally. Like it's just like a, so when you have a doubt, um, you're you're kind of shown to be a pariah in the totally. church. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or uh, you've got so many people that were in church leadership that were like trying to just be faithful and do yeah. gospel work, but they were overseen by a leader that was just harsh yeah. and manipulative and yeah. out to build their own kingdom. And you kind of get all these things and it just, you just start harming people in the yeah. same ways. And there is a reality to the leadership positions in the church that, and, and I, I know you and I talk about this often yeah. um, and with the rest of Redemption pastors and, and, and staff of like, for whatever reason, like there comes authority with with this office that we've been called into, and that should make us like stink and tremble, mm -hmm. and and in like in godly fear, be mm -hmm. like I don't want to wreck people, yeah. and yet there is this long trail totally. of people that have been really hurt, right, mm -hmm. by uh, both intentional and unintentional actions of yeah. church leadership. And then also then by lay people in the church, yeah. right? Where it's, yeah. you know, you, you just begin to hear like story after story after story. I mean, dear friends of mine that are like, hey, like I was in, but gosh, man, I did this, like I did this thing. And then all of a sudden I was, I was out. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like love wasn't for me. A dear friend that had an abortion and she was, uh, you know, that was her story. It got found out. Dude, boom, she was done in that church, yes. right? Like people just like, no, like you, you're not, you're clearly, you don't love Jesus. Um, you know, and and it's just like, gosh, that it. So you see these stories, and yeah. that's a big part of it. Um, but it's not the only stuff, right? Like, yeah. and, and because even some of that abuse, it flows out of yeah. like other things, totally. like like just bad teaching, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah, I mean, bad teaching I think is a huge uh, example. Even before we get there, I don't. I almost want to sit in that abuse stuff more. Just like there's like. I just can't, man. Like, so I think sometimes some of us in the church, when someone's deconstructing their faith, they're like, how could you, whatever. But I just can't oh, imagine yeah. uh, you, you have this person that's either a leader in the church or all in on the faith, and they're just doing things. Jesus flat out said, don't do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course there's going to be a dissonance there. Like, of course that's going to cause, like, deconstruction. Like, you're going to say... Especially if you're a child and this abuse was happening, yes. and Jesus said some intense things, and like if you if you do anything, like if you cause my child to sin, it's better if yes. I throw you in the ocean with yeah. stone around your neck. Yeah. Like you know, like he's, he was not messing. Yeah, around. he like, yeah. And so I, there's almost like a, I, 
I, I want us to cultivate like empathy for people that are deconstructing their faith, especially in regards to that's lack so of love, good. lack that's of, so yeah. uh, or because of abuse, because that, like, man, I just can't imagine what that would be like. Because luckily I've been protected, for the most part, from some of those kinds of situations. And so, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, I just want, that, like our church, I want us to be able to go, try to get to, like, what's going on. And, the like, the demonic perversion Yes. Of someone that proclaims to be a Christian and might even be a Christian yeah. abusing somebody in the church. But uh, so I, I, I agree. I think that's a huge one why people begin to deconstruct their faith and it makes sense. And it's not just if it happened to them, right? But it happened, yes. it happened to exactly. friends or honestly, there's just so many stories of it now where it's like, well, geez, like you guys are supposed to represent yeah. Jesus and then this stuff's totally. going on. Clearly, that can't be right. Totally. Like some, the logic of it doesn't it's not that unsafe, yeah it right? makes yeah. sense yeah. Like, it makes sense yeah. yeah no that's good um yeah let's so another part of the church is something the church contributes to is just bad teaching i think and so uh just bad discipleship in general kind of both these things hand in hand and i think a lot of times people deconstruct their faith because i think a lot of churches are run uh, by people with egos that are just trying to do the, you know, their their yeah. show, or whatever, which is ironic to say on a Facebook <laughs> live thing. Yeah. That's called the show. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah. we're we actually wrestling with this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus, 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 live. Jesus, yeah. live. Um, well, then then people think we think we're Jesus, then it's gets confusing. Oh, yeah. so, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I think a lot of times people grow up in the church and their depiction of who God even is is just they'll talk to me and they'll be like, yeah, so God is this way or he's that way, right? Because my pastor, my youth pastor, this guy in a small group said this. And I'll be like, man, I, there's verses in the Bible that flat out right. contradict that. That would say like, no, God is not like that. God is like this. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He's this. And so I think a lot of times just bad discipleship, bad teaching yeah. causes people to walk away from the faith because they go... Well, if those are, are the heralds of Christ, if those are the little Christians, as a lot of times, uh, or the little Christ, as Christians are yeah. often called, like, then I, I don't want any part of that. That doesn't seem like who God is. That, like, I'm just going to walk away. And then yeah. often I'll get in people conversations with those types and be like, well, look, look at who God says he is, though, for real. Like, who, who, let's look at what the Bible actually says. And I, I've had a lot of my uh, atheist friends almost go like, what? I didn't, yeah. I did not, like, there's... Yes. What, what begins to happen in the church because of this bad teaching, because of bad discipleship, is uh, per perception becomes reality. Like, I, I, this yes. guy taught yes. me that Jesus is for sure, like, this type of a person, or does this, or does yeah. that. And so they go, so I can't have any part of yeah. that faith. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And sometimes there's good reason. Like, people yeah. are seeing the accurate picture of Jesus. But I think a lot of times bad teachings, bad views of God... Small views of God make people walk away from the faith. So I think that's another big one in the church. What what other kinds of things happen in the church that you think cause people to de deconstruct? Yeah, I, I mean tagging on to that, right? Like there's a reality of like sometimes people generally do have a good question. Yeah. Uh, totally. that, that the Bible like doesn't answer clearly. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. And, and I think like like sometimes their doubt is a like oh. Maybe you got us there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I think there's a part of it that's like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I wrestle with that too. And like, almost go like, 
almost there, there should be a freedom of Christians about that's a good question. That's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> and, yeah. and to realize, I think in the midst of that, of like, yeah. the Bible wasn't trying to answer every question yeah. that we could ever come up with. Okay, yeah. That's that's just not what the Bible's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Bible's trying to reveal this this grand meta narrative of, of God and yeah. his relationship with, with mankind. So I, I think this even just this hear me church, like I just look right at you. Like there's there's a need for the church to be like like just secure in yeah. in Jesus and secure in our faith, where it's like we we can literally say like, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but Jesus rose from the dead. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's a certain level of like, yeah, I, uh, I love you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And uh, but then and then wrestle and, and press into that with people. Yeah, sometimes yeah. our I think it was our professor has said Mike Goheen and I think even Keller said some of this stuff, but. We've taken the Bible, and because of the Enlightenment, we've wanted to make it an Enlightenment document. So then, when we, sure, we right. so it has to fit through the scientific method perfectly. Uh, and so then, what people begin to do with with the Bible is make it uh, an Enlightenment book. Yes, which is hard because. The Bible is yeah. not an Enlightenment not book. It wasn't written in the right. time of the Enlightenment. Right. It wasn't written with uh, perceptions of the Enlightenment, maybe in certain moments. Well, sure, and then you contrast that with, like, the United States of America was formed yeah. as, like, the first post-Enlightenment country. Yeah. Like, they were like, you know, like, we are an Enlightenment totally. country now. Yeah. And, and that's shaped everything. So you put that in contrast yeah. to this book that's not meant to do and that. I think, yeah, and I th so I think a lot of times when we're defending the Bible or answering questions from the Bible, instead of using the Bible, we'll use like this enlightenment stuff to like yeah. try to be like, well, this is, this is the yeah. answer that will make you feel good because this is what the enlightenment says. And so I think it's just important for us as Christians to go, the Bible sometimes is not going to answer the question the way you want it answered. Right. It's not going to speak to your culture. It's not going to speak to the enlightenment always. I think it's, I think the Bible, again, I think it really is God's authoritative word. I want to be clear on that. And I think it speaks to all cultures in all times and all places, all peoples in all places. But sometimes the framework we have, and we want the Bible to speak to a specific framework, it's just not going to do that. It's just not going to maybe speak, and maybe it will, but not in a way that you like. Uh, yeah, just like, man, I don't like these answers. Like, they don't make me feel right. uh, refreshed because of culturally who I am. So, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the last piece of it is I, I think when you look at how the church has maybe botched some of this, yeah. right, is we, we're supposed to create kind of like this alternative kingdom, this upside-down kingdom that yeah. just looks countercultural, not because it's like trying to be countercultural, it just is, yeah. but the people of God going back to Israel, Right, and I, look, going back to Adam and Eve, right? Adam wanted to be like the world, like the snake slithers up. and was like, hey, yeah. like, dude, like you could be like this, you know? God's like, no, 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 that's not for you, right? But it's like, no, I, I want this instead. And I think uh, the church and the people of God have constantly found themselves in this syncretistic reality mm -hmm. of, no, nah, I'm gonna look like the world. Like yeah. it's just easier to do that. The idols are great, right? Yeah. Like the, the wealth is there, whatever it may be. Yeah. And so honestly, like we, we get into the like political syncretism yeah. where now the church has now bought into and aligned itself uh, with one or the other political party yeah. or, 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 you know, you have to be neither. And there's all these definitives because this is what the church has married itself to. Yeah. And, and that is just, that is never the calling of the church. Yeah. Uh, we, we've wed ourselves to different cultural ideals, you know, different things that, that like the culture's been like, hey, you should live this way. Like, yes, you know, let's yeah. like well, the wealth and prosperity gospel. Yeah. We have these little bits and pieces where I think people see the, the see through that. Like, dude, what the heck? Like, 
you're not offering anything different. Yeah. All you're doing is you're, you're offering the same values, but you're telling me I can't have sex, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like at the base, like you're telling, you, you, you want me to buy into the same stuff, yeah. but you, I can't have any fun, and, totally. which isn't true, but that's, I think a lot of times like syncretism works. It's yeah. just, we just looks like the world. So we're not this alternative yeah. thing that's attractive, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like I, I really relate to that because I feel like I've had a lot of friends, they, they were like, man, the 2016 election and the stats especially from the white evangelical church, but even from both sides, um, uh, or all sides of the church, I should say, uh, caused me to like deconstruct my faith. Caused me, caused me to go, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? Like, who are we? What are we about? And so, and we're not, we're not trying to get political or put anybody on blast, but the, the syncretism, the seeming marriage between the church and different political parties that just causes people. it's political yeah. idolatry. Yeah, yeah. Or and even just like with the yeah. prosperity gospel, where the, where people turn on TV, they're like, okay, the Christian Channel has these guys that are <laughs> right. supposedly eradicating coronavirus, and then telling you to send them in tons of money, even if they've lost their job and all that. Like, there's all this so kind seed. Of, yeah, yeah. So seed and you'll reap, yeah, you'll reap a, yeah, all this kind of stuff. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a big reason people deconstruct because they're just like, this is all fake. It's almost like they're like. No, I've got the scales off my eyes. It's you guys that don't. When we're kind of like, no, we we do have some. We have our baggage. We have our scale. We have our like blind spots. We have yes. things that um, are problem. And I also think the American church is incredibly sick, in my own estimation. Not always. I think I'm really blessed by our church and the churches in our city a lot of times. But just the last 40, 50 years, how much you see the American church is married to something that's so anti-Christ right. um, is crazy to me. Sure. And so and then, uh, that makes sense why people deconstruct in the midst of that. They go, well, yeah, it's it's just another is. piece of the puzzle, yeah, right? Totally. And that's the thing is this stuff becomes this overwhelming avalanche, and then you have yeah. the people that you're listening to, the people around you that are all saying the same stuff, and it just becomes then like it it becomes well, this is literally. So I, I think there was the last bucket that we wanted to address. We'll try yeah. we'll try and get to it quickly. Yeah. I think we're at an hour now, but yeah. um, the the last bucket was this idea of. Hey, yes, like, yes, the, the worldviews are difficult to navigate. Um, yes, there's all these problems that, have, that exist in the church, and we have to acknowledge those uh, and, and, the, and the problems that they cause. But at the end of the day, there's this third bucket that is a reality of the world we live in, and it is the reality and the presence of Satan and sin. Yeah. Talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just even kind of this, I think we have to look at, this idea of sin and Satan and powers and dominions kind of at a like 30,000 foot level of like, there's these two realities. There's one where sin of how we don't know how many like demons and whatever sort of spiritual beings they are, because right. even Jesus uses some different language to refer to them, but these evil spiritual beings that are out to thwart yeah. everything that God yeah. is about. God is about peace and shalom and harmony yes. and love uh, and all these things, and Satan is actively working against that. Right. And besides that, almost collectively, the universe is broken in a way almost that's that's wrestling with that and groaning with that, to use some biblical language there. So that would be kind of the first kind of like macro, big level yes. of, of, I think, how Satan, Satan works. Yeah, these um, real forces yeah. that are out there... That like as Christians, like was, we believe this, yeah. right? Like we just believe that that realm is happening. Yeah. That there's a war waging. Like the language of the scriptures 
and we and we can't. I, I think we can just. I, I think too easy, right? Instead of like accepting culpability yeah. over where the church has blown this in some ways, we're just like, ah, it's a sin. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I think we do that. But I think there's a, another camp that's like, it's not that at all, right? Like the, that. Uh, that the scriptures aren't true, and there's like, like no, like Satan prowls around like a roar, like a lion yeah, yeah, looking yeah. for someone to devour. Like yeah. he's like everything he said, he's looking to destroy. Um, but at the real micro level, uh, like we have to look at ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like you know what I mean? Like there's there has to be this bit for all of us wherever we're at, especially as we start looking at, at friends of ours that are deconstructing um, and and saying like if we want to move in empathy and care. Yeah. We have to be start being introspective about this idea of Satan and sin and the way it impacts me, yeah. right? Like I am a sin-filled person, and we often say as the church, right, that we are all of us are what three to five terrible decisions, right, away from calamity, like yeah. just completely ruining our lives. All of us, yeah. and, and that's just yeah, that's just the truth for each of us. So, sin is not it's not just the force, right, that is like just manipulating this world. It, it is very much also the active reality of how I choose to engage this world. Yeah. Do you have like a part of your heart that just wants to rebel against yeah. God and His goodness? Yeah. And that's not new, right? That's yeah. that's Genesis chapter three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like this has been a thing for humanity since yeah. the beginning. Like we've we've wanted to do our own thing, and so I, I think like those realities of Satan and sin on the macro and micro levels. They are playing an active role in this deconstruction and people leaving the faith. Of, yeah. of people do, uh, the, the big forces are coming, but then there's this reality of like, no, I, I, I just want to sin, yeah. right? Like, and, and, and being a Christian is too hard to be able to do the things I want to do. Like, yeah. And that, I have friends that that's their story too. They're like, hey, like the Christianity thing wouldn't even necessarily I didn't believe it. It's just this stuff was more fun. Right, like this stuff was more enticing, and yeah. and I think bad teaching about Jesus and all stuff plays into yeah. that too. But I think there's part of like the right the the wooing of sinful licentious living. You see it in everything that's out there, right? Like yeah. I mean, it's like every billboard. It's just oh, I, I clamor for that. Yeah. And marketing, right? That's like made uh, and and like perfectly structured to make you think your life stinks without yeah. it. You know what I mean? That type totally. of stuff. So I think sin pulls us pulls us away too. Yeah. Um, and so that's a problem for all of us. But uh, we, we, we want to wrap, wrap this up. So this just sounds depressing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know I mean? like We spent an hour just saying like why deconstruction, there, there's some good things to it, but ultimately yeah. it's terrible yeah. and it's leading to these awful things and here's why it's happening. Yeah. It's a whole lot of stuff. It's like, well, what, what the heck do we do now? Yeah, yeah. What in the world is the answer? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the first thing I love people walk away with is if you're deconstructed anytime you're if you would say I'm deconstructing my faith right now or you know someone that is if you are yourself analyze your own deconstruction like begin to go what are my biases what what's influencing me right now why am I doing this and I think there's a loving way for us to do that with our friends that are deconstructing too and go like hey but why are you real like it sounds like this yeah, you have some good questions or good answers, but maybe you really want this or maybe, like to to just even analyze how we deconstruct. Like Keller always says, doubt your doubts. Doubt. So when you have doubts, that maybe you could even doubt those doubts in order to say something along the lines of uh, maybe that that doubt exists even just because of the sort of things I desire and want and I'm influenced by. So I'd say that I'd say another aspect is like you, you know Paul to Timothy said, beware of these 
itching ears, you know, like these right. these people that I will want to hear certain. Yeah, they hear what I want to they hear. They want to hear teachers yeah. that will tell them the things they want to hear. And I, I feel like, especially in the American church, this is kind of what deconstruction looks like looks like for us. It doesn't always look like, oh, I'm just an atheist now, but it kind of looks like, you know what, I'm gonna give up central truths about who God is because there's other aspects of who God is that maybe are more important to me or I think oversee or supersede or whatever. And so maybe yeah. some there, sometimes there's some truth to that. I don't know. But so they'll, they'll find churches or people that will teach mm-hmm. the things that tickle the yes. itch in their ear or itch yeah. to tickle in their ear. I will scratch, scratch the itch in their ear. So um, <laughs> tickle the itch. Tickle the itch. Tickle the itch. So uh, anyways. So next new Christmas so, type toy coming out. Yeah. So yeah, I would just say like just to be aware of that that we have that. Like I, yeah. I have that all the time. I think anytime there's something in the Bible I don't like, I want to figure out how it's not really saying that. Like I think that's just like so common for me. Right. Um, I wanted to circle back to another question as we're closing. Yeah. Here. I said I was gonna answer ask you two in the middle, but then I we got off track. But my my second question is this: a lot of this just sounds kind of like then don't don't engage with people that aren't Christians. Like, right. what, what does cultural engagement look like this? Like, if we, if we, it seems like Christ was in the world, loving the world, caring for the world, with the messiest of sinners, yeah. the brokenness uh, of people. Uh, what, so what does, like, what does that mean for us? Do we culturally engage? Are we being too crazy here? Yeah. Like, well, how would you answer that question? Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the best things, right, is um, we do culturally engage with an emphasis on we culturally engage. Yeah. Right? Like, there's, um, the brand of Christianity that we, that we kind of operate in, you know, predominantly here in the West is a very individualistic brand of Christianity. And so if you're out there engaging, usually you're like the Lone Ranger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every time we see in the scriptures, it was like the movement of the church into the lives of people. Mm. Um, you do see, right? Absolutely. Jesus goes and dines at these tables. Um, and those are great stories. But then, like... He leave like he leaves Simon's house, and then he goes and retreats with his twelve. Yeah. They pray together, and then he even gets away by himself to be with his father for days. Yeah. Right. So in all the ministry, you constantly see yeah. Jesus be like, "Okay, that that was that was hard work." You know what I mean? Let me let me go and be with yeah. my father. Let, yeah. let me go and be with the people that are going to remind me of the true story of the world. And and so it is. Yes, cultural engagement. Uh, yes. Love, like yes, be in these yes, places. Be fact, even around. Yeah, and that's not even like just good wisdom. Like that's mandate yeah. from like Jesus. Yeah. Like, you need that's to incarnational be, living. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, if if we think that's a silly idea, Jesus shouldn't have moved here. Right? Yeah. Like he yeah. shouldn't have come down. Like yeah. he was like, well, you blew this. Yeah. Like you should have stayed up there and just yelled at us from a distance. Yeah. He's like, man, I'm gonna get in the mess. Um, so I, I think just yes to the cultural engagement. Um, again, it's mandate, but but remember, like we do it. Um, with like each other yeah. in community and we do it with this constant understanding of like no we're meant to then still be built up by the church yeah. like we need the word of God uh, we, yeah. we need prayer we need the disciplines we need each other and so the Lone Ranger Christian I think has bred a lot of yeah. this like you either have to engage or you have to like just holy huddle yeah. and it's like no, no. like you do both like yeah. you have to be filled up and then sent out you get like Paul right like Paul gets saved Damascus Road right like and then he's in Antioch so if you don't know this guy Saul gets saved miraculously uh, he ends up writing most of the New Testament 
Paul, before he goes out on his first missionary journey, is like discipled in Antioch at a church in Antioch for what is like ten years. Or, I mean, like eight, seven years, maybe it was, or whatever. Just a long stinking time yeah. because he had to be kind of like, like this is this is what's true, right? And then in that, he's always sent out. He's always with other people doing it in community. So I mean, that's a bit of a longer answer, but I think that's that's a massive piece of it because at the end of the day we echo the words of Peter to Jesus that yeah. you alone have the words of life. Yeah. You know, so uh, if that is true, if we're resolved, like Jesus alone, you have the words of life, dude, like all day, you yeah. need to be out there. Totally. You know, so. That's good. I, uh, something else I kind of wanted to ask you is, I, I've heard you use this term before recently, reconstruction, and mm. uh, in regards to this deconstruction conversation, and so what, what is that? What do, you, what do you mean when you're saying reconstruction? What yeah. does that look like? And, I'd say some of the best stories, I think, and you have some too, like some yeah. of the best stories that like have come across my life in the last couple of years have been stories of reconstruction, mm-hmm. where dear friends truly entered into a process of deconstruction, like real critical analysis of their faith, of why they believe what they believed, you know, and, yeah. and really nuanced, like real specific questions, and got to a place where like they were kind of just left with Jesus, yeah. Which is not a terrible place to be. be, But I also don't know if it's healthy to just stay there. But that then in the midst of it, you reconstruct. Right? And you rebuild back up and reestablish. Because Jesus is the foundation, He is the solid rock with which we will stand. Um, so let's rebuild those those like firm up, but on, on like a steady foundation where it wasn't just hey, we adopted in a worldview of our parents, or we kind of just believed this for a while and we're not really sure why, and we never really took time to really address the doubts, whatever the things we talked about. But say, like, no, no, we did all that, but Jesus still rose from the dead. Like, God still created the world. There's so many things that cannot be answered outside of that. And so, man, like, take that next step of just saying, like, yeah, like, if you're in that phase of deconstruction, great. Navigate that with other people, okay? Um, with other people that, that love Jesus specifically, and then help rebuild yeah, right, that faith. And, that, yeah, and honestly, the stories of that, and they're awesome. Yeah. Like, they're just stories of like, these people are some of the most loving, yeah. God fearing, God honoring, totally. getting out there and loving the community people. Yeah. I know. The reconstructionists almost help us to see aspects of the faith. We love what we've missed, you know. Like I, yeah. I just think even think of a lot of people I know that have deconstructed their faith because of church's stances on sexuality and even homosexuality in general, and just like seeing people deconstruct and reconstruct in the midst of that almost help us to love uh, those of different sexualities better. And so I, I it's just it's a sanctif- yeah. massive like sanctifying piece. Yeah, it's totally. of just like I think the deconstruction stuff should move the church to be more holy. Yeah. Right. And to learn and to grow yeah. in the midst of it. So, um, there, there, there's this was longer than I think we intended. Uh, you know, yeah. hopefully most of you were able to kind of track for most of it. I think most of you did. And um, if you're watching this towards the end here, we're gonna uh, I think share some resources here in a bit that we'll post on the post for you guys to continue to follow up. We'd love uh, questions or, or thoughts or comments that you might have yeah. that we can continue to address. Um, but honestly, it's it's been helpful. I know for us to address this stuff because it's just the water we're swimming in with, with some of you that are watching and, yeah. and people in our churches and people in our city that, that we all love dearly. Um, and, and so thanks for, for being with us in the midst of it. Um, we'll be back Sunday.
uh, with, our, with our live stream for, for Sunday service to worship and open up the word together. Anthony and I will both be kind of co-taking on uh, this Sunday's text, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and then back next Tuesday and Thursday with, with more Mini-G Live type stuff. So um, the last thing I want to highlight, if you did make it to the end of this video, is a lot of you have been asking what's going on for Easter. Uh, we'll have a ton of details coming this weekend, uh, but we're going to put a ton of stuff out on social media. Um, but what we're doing is, is in partnership with a, with a bunch of churches around the country is this Jesus Changed My Life campaign. Um, and so we're going to ask you guys at your homes or whatever to take one minute and, sh and, and film yourself sharing your story of how Jesus impact has impacted your life, changed your life. And we're going to have you ask you to post it on whatever social medias you have um, with some type of hashtag and line that invites people to the Easter service. And so we're going to share another video about that in a moment, but um, I just wanted you guys to know about that on the front end. So any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to leave? Yeah, we love you guys. Just to reiterate why we do this. We wanted to have like interesting conversations at the, and we're not that interesting. So maybe this was an interesting conversation, <laughs> but we wanted on Thursdays, especially just look at theological things and cultural things that are important to us. And, uh, kind of happening in our midst and amidst and being talked about and so so that that's a big reason why we're doing this yeah. uh, I know Vince said some of that on the front end, but uh, we're gonna try to put this on the website somewhere in like a, a Sermon audio podcast form you could get the Tuesday update uh, Weekly update thing we do as well there. So um, yeah, We just want to look for ways to be connected to you guys in this time um, uh, Find some Good resources if you're deconstructing. I, I think the Bible Project, all their stuff, if you're deconstructing, is maybe the single best resource that I've seen used for people deconstructing their their faith, which seems crazy, but yeah. I, I think there's their podcasts and their their videos are, are super helpful. So, super helpful. Um, yeah. yeah, we love you, church. Uh, we're thankful for you guys. Let us know if you have any questions or any ways we can serve you. Guys. Especially if you are in that, if you're like, no, like I'm fully deconstructed, I'm my like, faith is going by the wayside right now. No. Dude, like, we're not going to break COVID-19 precautionary measures, but we will find a way to sit down with you, get you some food, and we'll sit six feet away and just talk about life and, yeah. and Jesus because he is, he's awesome. So, church, we love you. We're praying for you. Thanks for being with us today, um, and have a great rest of your Thursday afternoon. See ya. I'm going to come around now and turn it off so we don't have good tech. So, Anthony, do a good pose. Let's see. I don't know where the button is. Oh, finish. Thank you.